So let it fly, cover the sky I won't explain, I can't compromise And ride with me in my foul life What's up, everybody? Chad Belling with another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you guys so much for all of the support that you've been bringing to us daily. We're humbled by this, the consistent growth of our audience. And today's episode is brought to you by Dixie Peck Tires. They get us around the country on all the highways, the freeways, Americas, and Canada's back roads as we chase the migration. All their tires and wheels are available at DixiePeck.com. They are truly a quality product, guys. They're located in the great state of California. Don and Willie and the entire crew have taken care of us for over eight years now we have them on all of our foul life ford edition trucks all of our foul life rigs and um, we couldn't be more happy and satisfied with them guys the smoothness of the ride the quietness of the ride and we do not get stuck in them the tread is awesome it lasts longer keep them rotated keep them balanced dick cpac thank you for everything you do and today's episode is also brought to you by rob roberts custom gun works check out rob in the great state of arkansas for everything from triggers to patterning to choke tubes, the Cerakote. He builds a badass gun. He takes care of all of our Benelli's. Rob Roberts, Custom Gun Works, not to mention him and his crew are just great down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth people. Today's guest is Brandon Scheiber. This dude has so much experience up in Canada, specifically Saskatchewan, chasing ducks and geese over the last 15 to 20 years. He's only 34 years old, and the guy has been there, done that, with every television film crew from Ducks Unlimited to DU Waterdog to Fred zinc to avian x and the foul life he has got the personality that you want to be around i told him yesterday there's not a lot of people that consistently make me belly laugh and fall over laughing bill burr dave Chappelle, eddie murphy alex crosby jim ray this guy named Marty Hetch in Arkansas is in my top five personal friends, but Brandon Scheiber <laughs> has the ability to absolutely make you fall down laughing. Um, he was pulling some stunts yesterday with a Snapchat filter. We're not even going to get into it, but I literally could not even call geese. But Brandon, what is up, dude? I mean, you're freaking one of the baddest ass guides ever in the world up here in Saskatchewan. And we, f- we fell back in love yesterday. I mean, didn't oh, you feel the same? It's been a while, Chad. It's been a while. It's uh, it's good to get back out in the field with the boys and, and have some good laughs and get out there, shoot, shoot at some birds, miss some birds. And yeah, talk about the good old times. What I wanted to talk to you about today is I want to keep this short. I know you were very busy with Cree Lake Lodge and the fishing lodge. And if you guys want to learn a little bit more about Brandon's story, check out the episode we did with him on This Life Ain't For Everybody about his awesome fishing operation and his story through his days at Buck Paradise, Buck Country Outfitters, and now Cree Lake Lodge for world-class fishing for lake trout and giant northern pike. But Brandon, is it safe to say that it's not a guarantee to shoot your quote unquote limit every day in Canada. And I know we could talk a lot about different parts of hunting. We could talk about the camp life and what you're going to experience up here. But one of the main things that you always think about when people come to Canada is I think they're like, Oh man, we're going to crush them every day. We're going to get them. It's going to be, it's the beginning of the migration. Those birds haven't seen decoys. They're dumb as heck. And for the most part that can happen pretty consistently. But Brandon, it happens to where you run into a little, some, some lags up here, right? You run into some ruts up here. You get into a slump once in a while, right? Yeah, for sure you do. It's like, you know, you get out there with anything, Chad, you know, you can, you can say you're a hundred percent all the time, which most of the time we are up here when we're shooting geese. Cause you're right. This is the first decoys these birds are seeing the first fields and you get out there as it, from guy's perspective, it can be easy, but you run into your tough days. You got to get your game face on. You got to get out there, whether it be 
having your, you know, later on in the season, I guess when it's frosty per se, we've just been running into this here lately. So when you're setting out your decoys, lay them on their side till right before daybreak, keep the frost on them, throw them up there, change them around, stuff like that. There's always something. If them birds aren't working, you need to be changing something. You got to be moving stuff around. You got to, you got to make it work and it's work, but you can't sit back in your blind and just watch the birds flare off and fly away or you're just not going to shoot them. That's the way it goes. And it starts with the scout, right? It starts with that time in the truck and you've spent hours, if not days, hours. probably years behind the windshield, miles. right? <laughs> yeah. But it's not like you drive five miles from the lodge. These areas that outfitters have up here, Canada's big. Oh yeah. And you're putting a lot of miles on a lot of binocular time, notebook time, networking, talking to landowners, farmers. Why, why do you think the, the mindset of put your decoys out in the field and we're going to kill them in Canada when it doesn't happen? It's almost like I've seen some clients be like, Hey man, something's up. This I I'm, I'm here to tell people. You got to adapt. You got to work harder. You got to work with your outfitters. These outfitters don't like wasting their time. These guides aren't out there in these fields for countless hours scouting and setting up decoy spreads and concealment in hides to not shoot anything and just take your money. And when I was talking to Grant the night before last, I was hearing some stories about some clients that are like, we expect more up here. And I'm like, just because you're in Canada doesn't mean mother nature is going to cooperate all the time. It's, it's the, the hatch. It's the snowstorms that hit the hatch last year that affected the juveniles of snow goose population, the lesser Canada goose population. You've seen it dead on. You've seen it year in and year out to where you have your ups and downs and a roller coaster ride of this. Tell me just how do you approach that or how do you combat that? How do you band-aid that? How do you educate somebody on, guys, we're not up here to make this a bad experience. What do you tell a client when they get a little irritated? Uh, you just got to have them understand, Chad, that you are putting your best foot forward for them. You know, we're out here in July and August when crops are just starting to go. We're like, okay, that guy's got peas planted over there. This guy's got barley. There's wheat here. These are the fields we're planning to be hunting. We're talking to them months in advance, trying to get permission, trying to get things set up, get everything sorted out. We know where the fields are, so we're not wasting time in the evenings. We, we got our maps out. We're marking everything. You basically got a, a giant grid pattern set up of this is the route you're going to take in the nights. You're watching as the migration starts. So when people get a little skeptical of having a bad hunt and they're they're just per se not, they're not impressed. They're not happy with what's happened. You just, I take the time to just sit and talk with them. You know, you explain to them, the effort you've put in, the effort as the guy, the effort the outfitters put in, the amount of money and time spent to try and ensure they're having a good experience. And it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Everything's not, like you said, 100%, but we have a lot of great shoots. We are shooting birds here with Grant. You know, most of the days are limits, but once in a while, you get thrown that curveball and you just got to deal with it. So it, just take the time to sit with the people, talk to them, tell them, you know, what is actually happening. You know, again, call a spade a spade. No need to sugarcoat anything or, you know, you're not soft about it. Just tell them, hey, we worked hard. The the geese got one on us today. And when you think you got them geese figured out and you go kill limit every single day, well, I want your phone number because I'd like you to come up here and work with us because uh, it doesn't happen every single day. What's the best way to kill geese as far as the hide goes in Canada that you've seen in your life? Do you like ground blinds the most? Do you like panel blinds? Freddie kind of revolutionized this style of hunting out of these panel blinds over the last eight years. I've seen it be very effective. What's your favorite and what, tell me a story of, of a memory you have of your favorite hide and what... You know, how much work went into it and, and, and what was, what were the results? Myself personally, I 
you have to adapt to every situation is a little different. So whether you're in a flat pea field, you're going to have to get a ground blind sometimes or like a lay down blind. Sometimes you got to dig them down a little bit. Um, if, if you have the option, if there's some willow bluffs or something out in the field and you can set up the panel blind or any other sort of stand up blind, that's a great way to hunt, especially if you get an older guy that can't sit up so fine or, you know, somebody's got a sore back. It's, it's a good way to hunt. You can, you can stand up to shoot and it's just, you know, it's a little easier. Um, best best hunt i've ever had was uh we had just a kind of a, a brushy field and uh it was half of it was peas and all the geese the night before we noticed they were right up tight to this great big pile of dirt and i was with my good buddy john prozac i guided with, with uh, grant or for for grant with uh john for a lot of years me and john had a lot of fun together we killed a lot of birds and uh this great big dirt pile they were all up against it so we're like we're gonna hunt on top of that dirt pile and it had grass growing on top of it so uh we got everybody up there in the morning and john i think he thought we were a little bit crazy when we first got up there but we set it up and the geese it was super windy that morning and kind of you know just a little drizzly and the birds come really low they're flying in so low probably like three feet off the ground chad they come right across the ground and we ended up shooting down on top of the birds and basically you'd shoot them and drive them right into the dirt it was one of the coolest hunts i've ever been on because you know they're flying so low that they were below you and they're looking at the decoys so there's not there's yeah it was just a that was one of the coolest hunts i think i've been well, on masters or biggies uh, some big honkers yeah just coming so they're just loafing across that high wind three feet off the ground and you just, guys are up on this bluff and this weed patch yep 20 hour blinds up. or you just sat in the just weeds? sat in the grass it was just one of them cool deals that uh, doesn't happen every day you know it's one of them i guess kind of got lucky deals but it was uh it was a cool hunt. We were thinking that they were going to come in and we'd basically be shooting, you know, eye height with them, you know, 20, 30 feet off the ground, but they just stuck right on the ground and we're looking, you know, down at the decoys and everything. That was pretty cool. More important than to being a successful goose hunter, when you know you got them and you're on them and you're in the area of geese, you might not necessarily be on the X, but you're within, uh, you know, pretty close distance to the X. You might be in between the roost and the, 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 the X. More important, calling and sounding like geese or flagging flagging get on the flag chat you're gonna say it before i even said it yeah get on the flag get on the flag don't over flag them though when they're when they're getting close to you and you know you got their attention let off the flag get on the call if they every day is a little different you gotta you gotta feel out what the birds are doing sometimes they like a lot of noise they like a lot of racket sometimes they just like the odd little clock or growl or whatever you're gonna throw at them um just watch the birds pay attention to what they're doing and act accordingly that's one thing that you you can't really just be taught you got to go out there and learn it so you want to learn geese get out the field how good of a hunter is fred zinc i've hunted with fred quite a few times and uh fred fred's taught me a lot about the way to do things when you're hunting and want to have good shoots with waterfowl hunting definitely is he awesome fred's awesome yeah i like fred is he a good caller well I was going to say the best, Chad, but then you... No, I'm not. This ain't about me. I know how good he is. <laughs> no, Fred's good. Field Fred, hunting all, was he good? Field's fantastic, yeah. Was he strong? All them guys are good dudes, Chad. You know that. Who is the... Who is probably... I would say that Freddie is probably responsible... I would say that he is probably the biggest... Six, uh, bringer of success. He is the biggest marketing component that Buck Paradise had. And he, I, I truly think that he helped build this business in a lot of ways with how, how much he, how much exposure he put on it in the States. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Fred had, has a had and has a very strong following and he's good at what he does, but I've been out there with Fred when it comes crunch time and Fred's go-getter. 
Fred don't sit around and point fingers and tell people do this, that Fred works. And he's earned every bit of respect that he has because he's worked for it and he's earned it. Fred's a good dude. And he's, he's taught me a lot. He's helped Grant a lot with his business. And, you know, anybody that's hunted or been around Fred knows he's, he's one of the best there is in the industry. He's a good dude. What about his ability to set up the hunt? Like, I know he's got a work ethic, but to me, Freddie always had the best hunt vision. He would picture and visualize the hunt in his head. And the next thing you know, he would be like, we're going to get right here because it kind of, the the field kind of goes off a little bit and it kind of loses a little bit of a, an, you know, it starts to decline a little bit and you're on this little knob yeah. and he puts the ground blinds in a position to where he digs them down a little bit and the top of those power hunters would just be right at the edge of that vista. And those geese are starting to climb up out of that roost, kind of like your favorite hunt on that dirt hill. Yep. And he puts the decoy spread out to where every single goose that worked the spread was camera ready. And that's what taught me like getting birds close. You can hide. Sure. You can let them hunt you up. But it's that that vision of the hunt of being able like, hey, this is what's going to happen through scouting, through knowledge and people on T. I want people to understand when you're watching his hunts on the old 24 seven videos or the AV next TV show that he's visualizing the layout of that hunt every single time. He was successful as a guide. Yep. He was successful as a competition caller and he was successful up here in Canada all those years and all of his travels of putting birds on the ground because of his, his ability to visualize. How important do you think visualization is in success? Because where I'm going with that B is when you're out scouting, you don't just sit in the binoculars and go, oh, there's 1,500 birds in this field. Me, what Freddie taught me was you got to paint that picture right now. Yep. You have to be like, all right, the roost is here. We're hunting in the morning. If we're hunting in the afternoon, the day loaf's here. The, the crop is this. Yep. The tree lines are this. Birds the hide is this. Where are they hitting in that field? What kind How of numbers are they, they coming in? What it's, kind of numbers? Yeah. How big of flocks are they coming in? How many eyeballs are going to be on us at any given time? Mm -hmm. Where's the dog going to hide? Where's the stationary cameras going to hide? Where's the cameraman going to hide? What are we, and I keep bringing up cameras and a lot of people don't hunt with cameras, but what cameras did when I was traveling with Freddie is they taught me to be a better hunter and to be more patient and to hide better. So how important, Brandon, is that visualization process? And what can we tell people? And this is, this is what this podcast is for the next few minutes is the tip of the day, the strength that you have to have in visualization. Ted Williams in baseball wrote a book called The Science of Hitting one time. He was the last person in Major League Baseball history to hit 400. George Brett almost did it at 391. Chapter three in the book, I believe, I believe it's chapter three, is visualization. I learned visualization at an early age. I would wake up in the morning and I would try to visualize my day. I would write things down. And when I was writing them down, I would visualize how they might happen or the way that I wanted them to go. In your opinion, and what can we teach people about the power of visualization? You know, just, just get an end result in your mind. Where do you want to end up at the end of the day? You want to end up with a bunch of birds laying at your feet on the ground. So when you're sitting in that truck looking at them geese, where are they sitting? Just like that. Just like Freddie taught you, taught me, taught everybody. You just think about every little detail. You know, what can we do to be better? Always think that. What can we do better? What can we do different? We, how could we change this? When you figure out something that works for you, like you say, visualize it. If you visualize it, put it into play. Try it out. Don't be afraid to try something new. Try something different. And when you get that working for you and it's going good, stick with it. That's just the best way to do it. Freddie has the ability to see things in a totally different way. way. Like he's just, he's built for it, you know, and you sit there, I could think about something for an hour and it finally figured out, he'd figured out about 30 seconds. So it's just, he's just, he's been around birds 
so much. You know, you you get in what you put out at the end of the day. You know, you you put enough in, you'll get that much out. It's it's all back to equal work for equal. And pay. what he did for the decoy industry in his early days with Greenhead Gear, he was responsible for a lot of the carbons yeah. there early. And then he broke off and started Avian X and the realism and the anatomy and the posturing and the texturing of his decoys, the motion systems, his duck floaters. He's just a perfectionist. Freddie is a worker. He's a visionary and he's a perfectionist. And where I'm going with that visualization is if you take that in life and you visualize where you want to be at the end of the day, at the end of the week, short-term goals, long-term goals, what your portfolio, what you want your portfolio to look like in a year from now, five years from now, set those goals as a goose hunter, as a duck hunter, the smaller picture in life, the bigger picture is life, right? And your family and how you're going to supply for them and provide for them. But when you're scouting those geese, and you're scouting that mallard hole, visualize the hunt the night before when you're done scouting, when you're going to bed, visualize it, get your canvas out in your mind, start throwing paint at it, start throwing oils at it. And pretty soon you're going to be able to create your own masterpiece. And that is what's going to make you the most complete duck hunter, goose hunter, turkey hunter, deer hunter. Because when they come in and they just do it and you shoot them and you look at your buddies, yeah, it was awesome. I want to be the guy that goes, did you, they didn't have a clue we were here. We were right where they wanted to be. We have a great relationship with that farmer. Yep. We're going to leave his field looking better or the same as it did when we got here. We're going to close the gates. Absolutely. We're going to call the right way. Where dogs are going to be trained. We're going to flag the right way. Our decoys are going to be set up in a realistic position. We're going to make sure that we're off the fence line enough, giving them enough of a runway. We got the wind right. We got the sun right. If it's cloudy, we got this. All of those pieces and all of those paintings and oils that you're throwing at that canvas in your mind, pretty soon you're going to start to see something form. And that's the vision of like, all right, they're going to come off the roost this way. When they do, I might soft cluck them. I might hit them with the flag a little bit high with an extended flagpole. And when they're a hundred yards out, like Brandon Shiver said, get a little bit less. You might just pick it up, shake it quick and drop it like like he's sitting up on his feet and he's flapping his wings real quick to adjust himself. So if you start throwing all those oils at that canvas in a hunt, and the bigger picture of life, that's when you're going to start to see that vision start to form into reality. And you cannot be afraid to envision it and follow through on it, put all those pieces. And that's what Fred Zink did. He was a worker. He worked his ass off for a lot of years and he deserves all the success he's getting. I I keep Dawn in my prayers every day. I know she's doing a lot better right now, but Fred Zink was the glue. He was the link for me and you, for Grant and I, Buck Paradise and I. So I will never, ever say that, oh, I was the trailblazer. I invented it. Fred Zink was doing things with cameras that I was like, oh my gosh, look how close he's getting. And when I got the ability or the chance to travel with him and learn firsthand, I was like, this is unbelievable. (laughs) We're getting geese at five yards because of that vision. So envision it, throw the paints and all of your oils at that canvas in your head. And when you're scouting, when you're setting up decoy spreads, have a vision, have a goal. Don't just be putting them out there to be putting them out there. You got to understand how do geese walk into the wind? How do they feed into the wind? What direction will they be doing? How should I have my heads up decoys? Freddie always taught me, you want to really trick geese? Get all your heads down feeding decoys around where the food source is. That's where they're going to want to get to. They're stingy animals. They're not going (laughs) to land way out there with the heads up ones and walk in, get them to where they're going to light right over. And you know what? I was like, our, our blinds are broken up with a couple heads up, but the majority of the decoys around our blinds are the feeding bees because that's where the food source is. The birds in the air are seeing that. Why wouldn't they want to land there? No, I'm it. not going to park four miles from a McDonald's and then walk in and get a Big Mac. I'm going to go in the drive-through line. 
I'm there now. Yep. Boom. Attention to detail goes Attention a long way. Yep. Yep. Isn't that cool? Absolutely. That's the goal today. That is just a little bit of a tip is be a visionary. Don't just go through the motions in your scouting and your decoy placement. Brandon is a, a very successful, experienced, seasoned guide, and he's only 34 freaking years old. And he's been there, done that, and, and he knows how to kill geese. We're getting ready to go set up on an afternoon hunt today. I say we for a reason. We, <laughs> Chad thinks I'm going hunting with him again today. You but are. No, my well, wife's going to kill me. I she can't. does not. I just, I just text her and she's like, Chad, you know what? He yeah. deserves this. Yeah. He deserves to hunt she, with you one more time. She would say that. Yeah. Guys, be a visionary. Do things with, with a, 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 just a vision that makes you, that gives you the ability to see things before they happen. If they don't adjust, adapt, like Brandon's talking about, but have meaning to everything you're doing. When you're setting up those decoy spreads, make sure that you're setting them up in the pattern that you scouted the night before, break them up into family groups. It's not always about that fish hook or that W or that J or that letter in the alphabet. Think outside of the box, adapt to the hunt and be creative, be passionate about it. Call with passion, flag with passion, set your decoy spread with passion, Scout with passion, hide with passion, blind up, concealment, natural vegetation, hide your dog, train your dog with passion, become a better duck hunter, better goose hunter, better conservationist. And then when those birds do it and they, and they present you with that opportunity of that flock being in your face and you say, get them and you pull up and you're lucky enough to get three or four of them on the ground ready for that Traeger grill and your dog's bringing them back. That's when you look at your buddies and go. That's what we worked for. That's what I envisioned. That's what we envisioned as a team. We had our hunt leader. We had our decoy guys. We had our caller. We had our flagger. We had our guy that's bl that's blending the blinds in with the natural environment by bushing them up and brushing them up. Look at your guys and know that every single intricate detail was met because of your vision, your work ethic, and what you guys did in the offseason, preseason, getting ready for that day when those geese drop their feet or those mallards are back flapping over your mojo. Envision it. Be a better hunter. For Brandon Scheiber, I'm Chad Belding. Please support the sponsors that support us on a daily basis. We cannot do anything here at The Foul Life or Bandit or This Life Ain't For Everybody or this brand new The Foul Life podcast. Please subscribe to it. Please leave us a rating and review tom rashishin hit that button this is a song that i was lucky enough to write myself it's called my foul life by the great rock band 2am logic out of the great state of idaho brandon any closing words it's all good get out there make sure you guys know how to shoot guy buy good ammo when you get out there and kill them birds boys <laughs> get them tight right get them in there brandon let's go hunting <laughs> i'm going home chad tom hit that button thank <laughs> you guys so much we'll be back next week with another episode of the foul life podcast i'm chad building your host talk to you guys soon Tell tomorrow